The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. I'm Scott Wapner, and you're listening to CNBC's Halftime Report, the podcast, the most profitable hour of the trading day. We record this live weekdays at 12 Eastern. Listen in. Carl, thanks so much. Welcome to the Halftime Report. I'm Scott Wapner, front and center this hour, your money, your market, where stocks are really heading in the weeks ahead. Whether this rally is about to run out of gas, we'll debate that with Jim Cramer and the Investment Committee. Jim also giving his own stock summit picks today. We're excited about that. Joining me for the hour, Stephanie Link, Joe Terranova, John Najarian. He's co-founder of MarketRebellion.com. The aforementioned Jim Cramer, of course, the host of Mad Money, the leader of the CNBC Investment Club. I mean, I could go on and on and on. Let's check stocks. Dow is green, not at the best levels, but as Carl said, S&P is now negative. Nasdaq's down 1%. There's the 10-year note yield, 167. Jim Cramer, welcome. Nice to see you. Oh, thanks so much, Judge. It's great to be on the show. This week has been incredible. I scribbled down idea after idea as people really are coming prepared. Oh, I'm glad because this, this week is really all about uh, ideas. Yeah. First and foremost, I want to know from you, what's the most important thing you're watching today? Is it rates? What is it? No, I'm watching Salesforce. Let's go right to it. Really? Yes. The reason why, I mean, I've been trying to think about what's the key to this market, so to speak. I want stocks that are in this cohort of companies that are either high price earnings, uh, multiple for sales, which I don't want, or for earnings, which Salesforce has, and waiting for the sellers to finish. So when you ask me what I'm looking at, I need the sellers to finish before I jump in. You know, Scotty, one thing I know is is that if you get in front of a freight train, you you tend to get run over. This stock and many of these other stocks will signal when they should be bought. But right now, at this very moment, they are still in free fall. Usually takes three days. We're on day three. Oh, so when you tweeted out earlier today, quote, you need to wait out the sellers. You need them to settle down. Many big cap techs have lost a third of their value, starting to get intriguing, have not pulled the trigger on them yet for the investing club. Are you thinking of stocks like Salesforce? Absolutely. Now, I read that Salesforce note. That's the kind of note that you get. The downgrade. Uh, if, yeah, a downgrade. After, look, after you've had 70 to 80 points of decline, then these analysts come up and they start talking about sales checks that they made. And that kind of thing, including, once again, MuleSoft Savage, which is integral to their whole enterprise to cloud strategy, makes me say, all right, maybe there's a lot of damage that's already been done. And by the way, I think Salesforce is still going to grow 18 to 20 percent. So I'm not even in a camp which says it's slowing. So what I feel like, Scott, is what you got to do is now you got to start separating. You got to say, well, wait a second. NVIDIA just gave a great talk today. Colette Crest, CFO, gave a great talk yesterday at, at CES. That shouldn't be thrown out like the others. And I'm calling. I'm going through it. I'm saying these companies that are selling at price to sales, I have no interest in. But price to earnings, profitable companies, I'm very interested. OK, so Stephanie Link, if I if I recall correctly, Weren't you the one who was selling Salesforce or at least sold it? And we discussed that one of the last appearances that you have. Is that you? Was that you? 
No, no. I mean, I have owned Salesforce in the past, and if it comes down substantially from here, I'll take a look at it again because I go. totally believe in the story, and 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 I and I, and I like the management team. They've done an amazing job in terms of execution and M and A, and everybody didn't believe in the M and A story that they were really focused on. So I like it. It's just still too expensive for me. So where I gravitate towards, and look, I'm underweight. I'm underweight tech and comm services by ten percentage points. Right. Wow. So if you add up, if you, well, if you add up tech and you add up comm services, that's thirty percent of the S and P. Steph, that's you're, a huge aren't you worried, Jim? That's you know a that. big group. You know, I mean, I was going to talk about Cisco as being the key. I decided to change the last minute because I saw Salesforce having another leg down. But I mean, are you against the Ciscos of the world? No, no, no. I'm totally overweight Cisco. I'm overweight IBM. I'm overweight HPE. I'm really, really overweight semiconductors, right? And I know you are too. too, too, Right? right? Value tech. That's what you're talking about. I I, I like everything she meant. IBM, I want to see that quarter first, Steph. What about? You've got to wait for a couple quarters, but I'll I'll bet you if you wait a year from now, I think you're going to be very pleased. Look at the rumor today that they're willing to sell Watson Healthcare for a billion dollars. No, imagine what they could do with a billion dollars. But a year from now, believe me, I'm more focused on how we have the buy and we're going to go to the Super Bowl than I am, you know, this. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, uh, wildcard teams have made it to the Super Bowl plenty of times. We we know that. Uh, Joe Terranova, so what are you watching relative to what you've heard from Jim and Steph? Well, I'll give uh, Adobe, Intuit, and Cisco as the three names, and I agree it's value tech that you're looking at right now. Um, I'm going to be looking at each of those three names and seeing, as Jim suggested, when the selling subsided. But you're seeing right now oh, this Adobe very got dramatic rotation. Today. Sorry to interrupt you. you UBS, yeah, it, it, I mean, this was part of the pair downgrade with Salesforce was Adobe today. To neutral, target goes to 575. Nah, no, nah, no way. Just totally disagree with that call. Um, but, but I think the, the rotation that's going on right now, value, growth, you, you know, you've basically had uh, S&P value outperform S&P growth by 3% so far year to date. So, Scott, what I'm really looking at is I'm looking at yields and I'm saying to myself, why are we making such a dramatic pivot towards value? Is it on inflation expectations or is it on growth expectations? Well, let me tell you this. If you're making that pivot towards value, you better believe that it's on growth expectations. And I'm not necessarily sure that that's the right approach to have. Dr. J? Joe, it's both. Don't you think it's both, Joe? It's it's inflation and it is growth. Omicron is going to hurt first quarter yeah, growth, Steph. but it's going to probably snap back sometime in the second quarter and in the second half. So if you have above trend growth in GDP and you have above trend growth in inflation, not runaway inflation, you can make a case easily to be to see the, the yield curve steepen. And which is why you want to own some of the value names in tech, in financials, et cetera. I, I don't disagree with that. What was interesting yesterday, not to go too deep into you know, the, the, the Treasury uh, yield market, but you saw that real yields, it wasn't really break-evens that were, were rallying. So to me, that's telling this growth story. I agree with you. And until you can get oil to kind of relax this, this you know, unprecedented appreciation of the last couple of weeks, your, your inflation expectation concerns are warranted. Oil's the key. That's the wild card as it relates to inflation. But I just, Steph, I, I want to be sure that we've got growth here. And I don't know if we've got growth. Hmm. I'm suspicious of that. 
growth. Wow. I mean, the growth projections for the quarter, like, I don't know, what are they, like 7%? We're going to have huge growth. I mean, that's no, what but that's, Scott, that's the last quarter. Growth you worried I'm, about. Look at, I'm looking forward, Scott. That's the last quarter. Well, you think we're not going to have any looking growth forward. in the first quarter? I mean, it's all going to evaporate? Not like you did in the fourth. Not like, not like you did in the fourth quarter, Scott. No, you're not. You're you not going to have the growth that you had right, in the fourth well, the quarter. Do you, need, you, need seven, quarter. you need 7% growth to make you feel better? No, I don't need 7% growth, but if, if growth is decelerating on pricing risk assets accordingly, I mean, that's just basic. Doc, what are you watching? Well, well uh, just real quick, Scott, uh, when Jimmy was talking about Salesforce, Brett Taylor's been the co-chairman uh, or whatever the role is now with Benioff just for a month. That was announced, I think, December 1st or thereabouts. So I, I'm with Jim. I think you will get a great entry here. Um, patience is a virtue, and yes. so people who are patient in this one will be paid off. But this is a guy that I think uh, the whole company will really benefit from having both of their eyes and their leadership. So I, I think this is one you definitely have on your watch list, if not on your buy list on days like today. As far as what, what I'm trading and so forth today, Scott, um, steel stocks were just runaway. I mean, they were all over the place today, all to the upside. The only one that wasn't was the biggest global one, Mittal, ArcelorMittal. But you look at uh, um, letter X, U.S. Steel or Nucor, mm-hmm. um, both of those or Cliffs, CLF, uh, all three of those were up, you know, just moving to the upside strong. Institutional money flowing into those names right now. Um, that's, uh, you know, I, I'm not saying Terra that's Nova permanent money. rotation that we're going. Terra Nova money yeah. is, is flowing Terra into Nova those money. names right now because he bought Nucor today. I actually trimmed a little. Oh, I'm trimming, suggesting trimming. I can't because I've, I've got restrictions. But I think we bought a lot of Nucor in, near the end of the year when people said it was going to have a terrible year. But I do want to point out what makes me salivate over Nucor is that the analysts are using an incredibly low number. Now, it was $12 for this year. Now it's up to 17 But, you know, most, most people believe uh, that they're going to have a down year because of pricing. But, uh, Judge, if we think about the idea of infrastructure bill. Mm-hmm. If we think about the idea that the economy is going to come back, uh, autos, I think, are just going to be in short supply all year. That's Nucor. And they also do oil piping. So I think that Nucor, as much as sometimes things get too big. And and one of the things that Stephanie talked about was that tech is she's underweighted tech. We are afraid of so-called overweighting our portfolio for people at home, thinking that, wow, you know what? We like Nucor as much at 124 as we did it in the 90s when we were buying aggressively. But the story, uh, Joe, is so intact. This is just portfolio management. I just feel like we can't be the Nucor fund. So, Joe, you you give me give me the skinny on, on why. You, this is a new yep. buy for you. Absolutely. Okay, so we've owned it in Joe T. I've watched it, and I've watched it with skepticism. And steel prices, they peaked out, what, in August? Last earnings report on December 15th when Jimmy was buying it, which was the right time to buy it. That earnings report was not a good earnings report. I've been watching the stock, and now you're getting this technical breakout. And with Mark Fisher back in the day, we always used to have something that we called the liquidation of pessimism. That's an actual trade. And I think that's exactly what's going on here in Nucor. We've lowered the expectation. We've lowered the setup for 2022. We don't think steel prices are going to recover. We don't think that Nucor is really going to be able to improve the balance sheet as they are. This is a cheap stock, and this is a stock that's 
breaking out technically, and it's liquidating the pessimism. So I'm very willing to step into that trade right here with the stock uh, trading somewhere around 125. I think it goes a lot higher. I really do. It was a top 10 name in growth in uh in, in 2021, uh, and what people have to realize, you talk to, uh, to Leon Tapalian, the CEO, uh, or to Dan D'Amico, this company actually has a reputation for going up more, uh, for having two gigantic years, not one. But the analyst has been so long, uh, they don't understand. I mean, Nucor, once it gets going, uh, it's, Scott, once Nucor gets going, it's very hard to stop. So Nucor is part of the, the trust, yes. right, the, the charitable trust. Yes. Um, which, by the way, the, the performance uh, over the last month, uh, has been fabulous. Oh, 30, right, of thir- right. 30 of 35 stocks are up. Uh, eight of the 35 are up at least double digits. New core among them. I guess my Thank question you. to don't you, Don't mix Jim, in me here. Don't peloton me. For football, mixing just came out, just has COVID. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Added to the COVID list. Yeah. Um, I guess what I want to know from you is, you know, we enter a new year. It could be more volatile. There are a lot of, you know, potential headwinds. Are you thinking about different kinds of stocks that you need to own in your trust versus what you've had over the prior you know, set of months? Yes. I mean, I've been struggling because I do have uh, what I would say is too much fintech and not enough bank tech, uh, meaning banks that are being banks. very technological. Banks. I mean, you're just- Old Dominion Freight Line was built on keeping promises. With an industry-leading on-time delivery record and low claims rate, we keep promises better than any other LTL freight carrier. Because we treat every shipment like it's our most important one. Which means we do the little things right so that we can keep our promises and you can keep yours too. That's what drives us. To learn how OD can help your business keep its promises, visit ODFL.com. Old Dominion. Helping the world keep promises. The spirit of performance defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX. Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura has been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. What does it mean to be rich? Maybe it's less about reaching a magic number and more about discovering the magic in life. At Edward Jones... Our dedicated financial advisors are the people you can count on for financial strategies that help support a life you love. Because the key to being rich is knowing what counts. Learn more about our comprehensive approach to planning at edwardjones.com slash findyourrich. Edward Jones, member SIPC. B2B selling is tougher than ever, and we feel your pain. If you're struggling to close deals, consider giving LinkedIn Sales Navigator a shot. This sales intelligence platform helps professionals like you engage high-value customers, drive higher revenue, and increase sales performance. Sales Navigator also guides you in targeting the right buyers, highlights key signals such as job changes or which accounts you should prioritize, and uncovers hidden hot prospects so you can find those buyers that are most likely to convert. 
Fueled by LinkedIn's 1 billion member platform, Sales Navigator gives you the most up-to-date first-party data, enabling you to unlock conversations with the people that matter. Right now, you can try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com slash halftime report. That is linkedin.com slash halftime report for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com slash halftime report and get started. So in Wells, I think. But that's not enough. Right? That's not enough. You have to own. I think the banks are going to have a great year. I saw someone just downgraded Bank of America. That's intriguing to me. I mean, look, at the Fed's really going to have an, a, a cycle. I own Morgan Stanley for the trust, and I own uh, mm. Wells Fargo for the trust. And frankly, I don't think I kept trying to buy some Morgan Stanley as it dipped in the 90s. But these stocks are just juggernauts this year. And I'm thinking, you know what? Maybe I got to go. This PNC is killing me that we don't own it. Uh, Wells is so big and we bought it so much slower. But I got to tell you, these, the mul- Stephanie, multiple in Goldman. I mean, I don't know the theory. I don't know the thesis for Goldman, but I don't want to sell it at seven, seven times earnings. Goldman, Steph, is up 6% um, over a month. I, I know you don't own it. You own Bank of America, Wells, Morgan Stanley, AXP, and Prudential. By the way, the XLF, uh, big winner, up 7%. Uh, there you go. XP. She's so right. Well, so, Jim, you can own Goldman or Morgan if you believe that the M&A trend is going to stay so strong. Did you see those numbers in the Financial Times over the weekend? $5.8 trillion in M&A in 2021. I mean, that is a record of all time. You go back four decades. That's a record of all time. Will that keep up? No, of course not. But it's still going to stay strong. And it tells you that the fourth quarter numbers are going to be quite strong. Yes. And you know the guidance. They're always a little wishy-washy or whatever. But I do think that they have a lot of tailwinds in their favor. So, I mean, Bank of America is your rate play, right? They're the most, yeah. um, in terms of sensitive to, to, to higher rates, steeper yield curve. But he's done a really, really good job on, an, on the efficiency ratio. He lowered the efficiency ratio 739 basis points year over year last quarter. Is that sustainable? No. But they get it. They have to cut costs. And then as you see demand go higher, you should see operating leverage. Wells, you know the Wells story just as well as I do. I think I Sharp is doing a terrific story. job. I do think... I do think it's interesting that the risk manager, head of risk, is leaving. He's retiring but in June. I wonder if that helps them mm-hmm. in the asset cap lift, right? And then, of course, as we just talked about, Morgan Stanley. I do also like American Express because I think everybody has written off business travel. It is going to come back. You just got to be patient. Hey, Dr. J, um, you got Bank of America calls, J.P. Morgan calls, BNY Mellon calls, really? Visa, Global Payments, Affirm. You know, so you're, you're mm-hmm. in, you know, obviously financials, fintech is a hot space for you. Yeah. And Scott, look at that global payments GPN uh, that you just talked about. Um, I believe we mentioned it just days ago. That stock explodes uh, from Mm -hmm. what, 136 to 145 or higher. Um, Yeah, this is an area I want to concentrate on. Um, I still am a big believer in PayPal, especially if you bought it right on that significant dip when it I didn't buy it at 179. But when it's flashed down to there, that was a gift um, with all of the, what, 383 million people that they've got on that platform with 29 million businesses. And so, I mean, you know, you could go on and on. Those mm-hmm. stocks are all going to do well, well this can year, I just, Scott. Dr. Uh, it's mm-hmm. a huge position for my trust. PayPal. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, Dan Shulman came on Mad Money, basically 184 drew, to 182, 184, drew a line in the sand saying this is ridiculous. We're going to have great growth. Why does the stock, why can't it get out of its way even when a GPN is moving up? 
Yeah, that's a great question, Jim. Um, I I don't have a great answer for that, except that you and I both know that what's coming their way with Venmo um, and uh, uh, eBay with Venmo and so forth, uh, I'm sorry, Amazon with Venmo and so forth, is going to be huge for them, I think, going forward. Um, Maybe it's a 40 PE? Maybe it's soft. Maybe it's a near 40 PE? 29 on next year. 29. 29. But when you look, Jim, at some of these stocks, let's say um, Box, you know, the, the former Square, yeah. for example, you could, you could put that up there. I mean, these kinds of stocks have been getting hit pretty hard of late. Now, you've got Kathy Wood over the last 24 hours or so yeah. going back in and buying a lot of these names in her universe, and, and Block is among them. Um, she's buying Robin Hood, more, yeah. uh, more Roblox more DraftKings. It makes me think about when you said at the beginning of the show that some of these mega cap techs need to come down a little bit before you're comfortable getting in. Have some of these high growth techs come down so much that you're comfortable getting in in your in your own right? Because Kathy Wood, who's never shy to do just that, is doing it. You know, I mean, this is one of the problems with the lumping in factor. I mean, Block sells at 90 times earnings, okay, 90 times earnings. Mm-hmm. So why should we we confuse that with PayPal that's nine, that's 40 times, or literally half, and then next year's going to be at, say, 28? And one of the things that I've learned, and Stephanie, you and I have learned together, is that the 90 multiple stocks are not the same as the 40 multiple stocks, and yet we all trade them together. No. And that makes it so that stock picking uh, doesn't make sense, and yet you know in this year it will. You know, Jim, I actually think of um, Meta or Facebook in the same way because it only trades at 20 times and you're yes, getting 25 to 30 percent growth. Right. So love to Meta. me, to me, like of the fang, like of all the fang. And I know we're talking about PayPal, but I'm just kind of sw- switching just because it's the same concept. Like Amazon's expensive on a P.E. basis. I get the sum of the parts. Right. I know right. that uh, Google also it's, it's not as expensive, um, but it's still expensive. And Apple now at 31 times. So I look at all of these names and I say, wait, I think Meta is the one that's the value of the fang, which is why it's the only overweight name in fang that I own. But it's an overweight by a pretty large margin. I mentioned I mentioned some of these kinds of names like uh, Robin Hood, for example, that Kathy Wood's been buying more yeah, of in the sure last 24 so. hours or, or so. Uh, it does get named one of Rosenblatt's top 2022 picks today, along with SoFi. Joe, you own SoFi. Doc, you own Robin. Joe, you go first. Yeah, SoFi did the secondary just a few weeks back. That's going to leave an overhang on, on the stock. It's for existing sh- uh, shareholders. This is going to be a multi-quarter recovery if, in fact, it's going to unfold. Uh, it's a position that I'm maintaining. It's not a good one. I'm not happy with it, but it's going to have to play out over the next couple of quarters. I don't have high expectations for it. Joe, how about that secondary? Let's talk about that for a second. They crushed the stock mm-hmm. with that, but they got out. How did mm-hmm. they get away with doing that big block out of nowhere? What, what happened there? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think that's a question for our good friend Anthony Noto. But the existing shareholders, to your point, they were able, they were able to get out. I mean, they, they, you know, they were able to, to, to find their way out. And now it goes back to understanding the business. Are you going to get growth in the student loan business? That's going to be incredibly important. And how is Anthony going to position this company for 2022 in a rising rate environment? Uh, is that going to lend itself favorably to the business? Hopefully it should. The stock was at 24, 25, no. Jim. 
just just about six weeks ago. It was, it was looking fantastic. So, hey. you know, sometimes you got to set expectations on positions when they're disappointing and they're losing ones, and this is a great example of it. Let me, um, Not getting out, though. Let, let me point out the Dow hitting another record high. We're, we're getting closer to 37,000 on the Dow Jones Industrial Average. You got a gain <laughs> of 135. So we've added some uh, momentum to the Dow uh, since we've come on the air here today. Uh, Jim Cramer, you've made the case heading into this year that you like the setup maybe principally because so many others don't. Yes. Uh, yes. You've got a number of targets out today of 5,100 for year-end, whether it's City or Costin over at Goldman. Uh, Tom Lee's out with a positive note today relative to how we finished up 21. He thinks the momentum continues there. Um, when you see the Dow pushing towards 37 now, what are your thoughts? Well, look, I, I look at the Dow, and it happens to be uniquely uh, exactly where you have to be. I mean, with the exception of, say, of Verizon. I mean, look, I watched Home Depot not that strong because it was the best performer last year in the Dow. But I, I, I look at, at those stocks, and I salivate at most of them. I mean, I can't believe Boeing even pulled one out of a hat with the Allegiant deal. That was amazing. You've got the, you've got the best banks in there. The only one that actually, uh, and I don't know if anyone has something positive about it, let me know because I do, my father once worked for it, was, <laughs> was 3M. Uh, because I just, I, I, that's the one that I'm, I'm most troubled by in, in the Dow and the Verizon. That's not bad to have 30 stocks that you like. Anyone have anything? No. No. Steph? I like Honeywell. Well, well three, 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 oh, I know you like Honeywell. We're going to get to Honeywell. Pardon me, Steph. I'm sorry. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to Honeywell in a little bit, and okay. I know why Jim likes it. We're, we're going we're gonna to save that one, but it is a nice winner uh, today as well. Looks to me Honeywell's up about 3%. Steph? Well, okay. Well, I was just going to say 3M tends to be a bit more defensive in terms of industrials. And if you look at the industrial sector, it's actually outperforming today and for the first three days of the year. We'll see if it lasts or not. But, I mean, look at Deere, look at CAT, in oh. addition to Boeing, but look at GE. Oh. There are plenty of industrials that have, la- have, that have lagged, by the way, all of last year that have done such remarkable things, in- including Honeywell. But uh, my point is I think there are a lot of other names that have more operating leverage, and they're tied more to the economy and how the economy does in terms of growth. And so if you believe in above-average growth, a little more inflation, they've got pricing power, they've cut costs. I think that's why they're doing well. And it's all part of the value trade as well. Well, I, what I want to know, Doc, is whether you think this move to value, which has obviously picked up steam as you've seen the Dow hit that new record high yet again, are we once again, we're asking the same question. Does it have staying power or is it simply a matter of rates run out of their you know, little burst of momentum they, mm-hmm. they seem to have here? And then we're right back into the growth stocks. We might be right back into them, Scott. You know, that's the, uh, the big question right now in the short term is uh, how long do people decide that they'd like to switch out of some of their gains in some of the really high flyers like Tesla when you and I talked about it and it exploded all the way to 1,200 just two days ago when we were saying all those calls that were bought in that one. Um, do you, are you really comfortable after that kind of a run to just hold it, or do you need to get to the sideline a little bit and then look at some of these things, like Steph just said, Honeywell, Caterpillar uh, having a big day today. Um, uh, you know, you look at some of the, uh, I can't remember if it was UPS or FedEx guys, but one of them was really having a strong day um, and counted in that XLI. So industrials, yeah, um, they don't terribly excite me, Scott. But certainly that's where a lot of volume is going today. Mm -hmm. And your question to me was, how long does that continue? And I just don't know. So I'm trading those 
rather than buying them and establishing long-term positions. Well, I got you. We, um, we really call them, should we really call them value, or should we just call them companies that make money and do things? I mean, that's where I've been focused on. <laughs> yeah. Like, they make money, they do things. They, that's what they do. I mean, look at Qualcomm today. Qualcomm is up big. This company's in town. They make things. You know, well, they have the software license, but they do things. They're, they're very profitable. I don't want to call that a value name. I just don't. I want to say it's a company that makes a lot of money. And yesterday, Deere was at 16 times earnings. I think that's a mistake, 17 now. But they make a lot of money. And so I'm looking for companies that make a lot of money, that buy back shares. And I'm not looking for companies that lose a lot of money and issue shares. How do you view um, Intuitive Surgical, ISRG? I bring that up because Joe Terranova bought that off the open today. Um, Joe, why Mm -hmm. don't you give us a quickie on that? And I mean quick. And then, Kramer, I want to hear from you on it. Own it in Joe T. Had my eye on it. It's basically one of the names where, you know, the market mentality right now is to sell the winners. I believe in the uh, surgical robotics, the Da Vinci robotics that ISRG has in a post-COVID environment. That's going to be uh, very accretive to the growth that they're going to experience. So it's got a 70 percent profit margin. The valuation is somewhat reasonable for me at 70 times. And I stepped into the position today. Kramer. I like uh, I've liked IS, ISRG for I don't know ever since I gave a talk fundraiser for a local hospital for Overlook and the the chief aspect of what Overlook was saying why you should uh, you know give money and why you support it, it was cutting edge and what was cutting edge was Da Vinci and Da Vinci's still cutting edge I yep. mean it really is remarkable they'd never yep. been unseated uh, Scott they're they're great I, I totally agree with Joe T I think it's a great idea all right good stuff let's take a quick break we'll come back. The Stock Summit continues with Jim Cramer. He reveals his top picks for the year ahead, plus the one sector he really likes. We'll also get the committee's take on his picks and his take on theirs. I can't wait for that when we come back in two minutes. Well, you saw that new high for the Dow, about 50 points away from 37,000. So we're continuing to watch the Dow march higher uh, by the moment, really. All right, let's do our 2022 stock summit. It continues today. Our honorary investment committee member, Jim Cramer, unveiling. Honorary investment I don't know. What about, like, are you the chairman of the committee, the non-executive chairman? What do you like? Non-executive chairman. What do you want to be? I still have a corner (laughs) office. You know, down the hall, you can come in and see me. Okay. You know, kind of like Howard Schultz. No longer like Bob Iger, by the way. Green Bay Packer fan, and Uh, I think he's going to go all the way. Oh, all right. We'll see. I mean, the road to the Super Bowl goes through Lambeau, at least in the NFC. So we'll see that. Uh, Your picks. Pick number one. First, I tried to come in with three that were down, and I got two of them that are down. I've got... Uh, Lily, and I like Lily because I do a lot of work with uh, two different uh, brain foundations um, for things that are unfortunately wrong with my brain, but it's, that's, you know, it should be like your liver or your elbow. And everyone is pretty positive that I talk to about what's going on with Lily and Alzheimer's. And I think that that's very important, and they've got a diabetes drug that's going to be big, and everybody hates the drug. So I come in with that one. I like it. Um, I also come in with Honeywell, but that one just ran 
It almost makes me feel like that's the end of the rotation into, into earnings stocks. Is that's the last one to go. Makes me keep an eye again on Salesforce and whether we should be starting to think about buying those stocks. Because Honeywell is the, the last. Uh, when you finally see the laggards, loggards, excuse me, Will, when you finally see the loggards go, then that may mean the that laggards. we're the third and last day of this rotation. <laughs> I, I like Chevron because I just think that oil is still undervalued, even after last year, and the oil companies have newfound discipline. And then uh, I raised my price target for Bausch just uh, just now for the invest, for the investment club. And the reason I did that, why I like it for the investment club, is Joe Pop has done everything you could ask. He's splitting the company into three. Nobody seems to really care about it. It has got no sponsorship whatsoever. He's cut debt by $10 billion. The Bausch, uh, which is going to be the fundamental piece that you're going to get, is still the, the premium, I, the Mercedes of eye care. Uh, I really like their skin program, the Salta, because they're, um, they, a lot of people don't understand it, but once we beat COVID, People are going to want in. They're going to want to do fraxel. They're going to want to look better. That's a key part. And then they have a cats and dogs, uh, Salix-driven uh, pharmaceutical business that I can uh, that I could do without. But I like a big breakup story, and I think that that one is going to be the breakup story of the J and J, GE, and Bausch. I like Bausch Health as the best breakup. Okay, now let's take these to the committee, Joe. My memory sometimes fails me, but I think you owned Honeywell. At one point, and maybe that was within the past few years, two, three years. I don't know if you own it anymore, but what do you think about Jim's pick? Honeywell is like saying the Patriots are going to make the playoffs. I mean, it's a, it's a reliable, consistent, and expected uh, outcome. So I love that mm-hmm. pick. Oh, great. Um, Chevron, Mike, Mike Worth, he's the, he's the best executive yep. in the energy business by far. Bausch, I understand, and, and the, uh, the, the management of the balance sheet, they're reducing debt, they're doing a good job. I think Carl Icahn has a big uh, uh, allocation in this stock as well. The one that's interesting to me, Eli Lilly, sorry, Jim, I would have went in another direction with that one, and really? I'm actually going to buy this stock at the end of the day. Merck, pull up a chart of Merck today. Merck is breaking out. The, the, the growth portfolio is completely undervalued. I think Merck is the best setup right now for large cap healthcare. care. Well, if Merck goes up, then Willie will follow. And uh, the, some of the things that are going on with the Alzheimer's drug versus the Biogen drug, I think the Biogen drug is a farce, should never been approved by what's become mm-hmm. a very rogue agency, which is the FDA. Uh, the rogue, it, there isn't anything that they're not doing. It's rogue. No one knows what they're really up to. I think it's a travesty. But they approved the Biogen, even though the committee of 10 said it wasn't worth anything. The Lilly has much better results against Alzheimer's, and I think it's going to be one of the biggest stories for 2022 and 2023. Mm. Link, uh, Stephanie Link, the Linkster, you own Chevron. I do. I've owned it for a very long time. Uh, This is a wonderful company. It has lagged Exxon last year by 30 percent, which I just it's like head scratching. So I love the pick. I think it plays catch. I I think it plays catch up, Jim. You know, they've got great assets, not only in the Permian, Gulf of Mexico, Tangiz. They have they've done smart M&A. The CapEx is on the low end. They're buying back stock. By the way, I think the buyback uh, news of three to five billion for this year, I think that could get to eight billion by 2025. So there's a lot they can do. Their break even Mm. is 50 a barrel. So we got a lot of room there. So I like the pick mm. very much. And Thank by the way, it is my largest energy position. I'm okay. 300 basis points oh, over my bench. All right. And don't forget that they yeah. upped their ESG from $3 billion to $10 billion. Why? Because Mike heard. He yeah. watched what happened to Exxon. And by the way, they're not throwing money away. 
They're going. They want to make money with the yeah. ten billion. Uh, it, it, Joe, you're sorry. I mean, Mike Worth is cut of a different cloth. I do like Rick Moncrief oh. very much from Devon. Scott Sheffield, really terrific at Pioneer. But the rest of them are just kind of their their followers. And Mike is the leader. Let me ask you this, Jim, because uh, what I really wanted you to do as well today is our. Uh, non-executive chairman of the committee is critique some of the other picks sure. from our stock summit. Now, we've already talked about Bank of America, which was one of Stephanie Link's picks. She does have IBM as one of her three. What do you think? It, would, IBM's would be, had a would fabulous that be one run. Of yours? Uh, no, IBM has had a fabulous run. I mean, I cannot believe where it's come from in a very short period of time. I mean, this stock was in the teens. It just went to 141. I got to see this quarter. This quarter should still be a, a, a mess because of the split up with Kindrel. And then when I see that, then I want to take a look. But I am, uh, I, I think at 120, it was kind of worth the risk. But Steph, you know this quarter may not be beautiful. You said already, listen, you got to wait to the end of the year. I'm just saying this stock may be jumping the gun, Stephanie. 13.5 times earnings, 4.8% dividend yield while you wait for the restructuring. And you know better than anybody, restructurings take a long time. Yes. Look at what happened with GE. That's been a three-year turnaround, but yet they're making progress, baby steps, and it kind of works in lumps, right? The stock works in lumps. Same thing with IBM. Nobody owns this thing. I think they're like two or three buys from the sell side. Everybody else is holds because nobody really knows what they're doing. And I think the CEO has done a great job in terms of M&A, especially in high-growth, high-margin areas. It wasn't just Red Hat, but but it was 20 plus other deals that they've been doing in, again, cloud, AI, in blockchain um, and quantum computing. Everybody's all jazzed up about quantum computing. Well, they're actually focused on that piece, too. And they're not getting credit, nor should they. But I do think they are going to make baby steps throughout the year. And again, no one really owns it. And you get a 4-8 yield, which is well covered, by the way, $40 billion in, in, in between free cash flow and, and debt options op- optionality. So they're going to be buying back a ton of stock or maybe they're going to be increasing their dividend while you wait. But don't you have to worry about price? I mean, honestly, I think that this is one where the run and it worries me for a lot of the stocks that I'm watching. The run is so great that I feel like at this point I, can, I have to caveat how much I like IBM. I think Chris is doing a terrific job. I've spent a lot of time with the company. I really like it. But I just have to let price dictate to me a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I just it just I don't want to come in. Let's say I like it and I, I pound the table and then tomorrow someone says, you know, it goes to 137. And I'm not that sensitive to what people say about it, but I'm just saying that, well, uh, it, it could the spike may not be sustainable. How about that? From 112 to 146. In how many days? Sure. Right. That's the 52 week spread uh, from 112 to 146 and now sitting at 141. Your, your point's well taken. What about, Jim, some of the gaming plays that we've gotten? Stephanie Link is in wind. John Nigerian picked MGM. Uh, my chapel trust has, has a position in wind and I have don- donned the hair suit in this. I've been I, I, hair, sir. I've been very upset about it. Uh, first, uh, Maddox is leaving. I, I, I think he's great. Second, the Chinese crackdown is so for real that they've really, uh, both in terms of rich people, uh, junkets, although wins very, is only about 16% junket, but they do are obviously trying to stop COVID. And then what, what's happened here is that the United States is very good versus, say, Las Vegas sands because they've been sent, trending out of U.S., but it's just not enough to it's just not enough to offset. And, Scott, when you have a stock like this, and I write about this in the, in the, for the Investor Club notes, you're really just heartsick. I'm heartsick about where this is because I didn't see Omicron coming. I didn't see the Chinese crackdown coming. So I've been wrong. I, have to, I think the valuation is crazy. $10 billion, it would cost you $13 billion to build all that. But you know what? I'm wrong. 
And when I'm wrong, what I do is I same in the club bulletins to say, you know, here's how I screwed up. And that's where I am with win right now. Here's how I screwed who, up. Who saw any, uh, either, of those, either of those coming? I mean, I don't, I don't know anybody who did. Let me ask you this, lastly, Jim, before we go. So Terranova picks health care as his sector. He's got United Health as one of his picks. Oh, juggernaut. Juggernaut, right? I don't, juggernaut. Let's throw up United Health because I don't have, I'm going to pull up UNH right now. I don't have the performance right in front of me. Oh, it's beautiful. Let me tell you the one that's just, you know, there's a lot of interest in Humana. A lot of people focus on Humana, too. Uh, That's an interesting name. Mm-hmm. These why? are both terrific. Why? I like Centene. Why don't you own United Health then, Jim? Because I'm not as smart as I'd like to be. Uh, I've written many times that <laughs> this one, I have a piece tonight. Say, so how did I miss it? How did I miss it? And the answer is, is I've been waiting for, say, a five-day period of a decline, and it doesn't give you that. Uh, so the answer is, why am I not in United Health? Because I was not thoughtful enough to, to say, you know what, I, I'm not going to wait for dip. I'm just going to buy it. But now it's just, is it too expensive it's gone too far for you to recommend buying it here is, uh, is that what you would also say I, I think it should buy some here oh you okay yeah i look i i you know i was wrong i bought win and i'm wrong to wait on united health but i don't want to wait too long uh because united health and steph you know this united health's not that expensive on next year's earnings no, it's definitely not not for the number one in the in the industry who continuously raises their earnings, raises their their buybacks, yeah. um, beats. I mean, consistently, it's, it's almost one that you can kind of I don't want to say this really, but I do feel it. It's one you can sleep at night with just because the execution has been so consistent. Management is so amazing and they've got a great bench, but they've done a great job on the MLR. Um, they've done a really good job in terms of their PBM business as well. So there's a lot of I'm, I'm saying right now to, to Jeff Marks and Zeb Fema. Uh, who worked the, the trust with me, let's just pull the trigger as soon as we can. Let's just give up. Oh. I've been looking at the numbers. I did like Humana, too, but United Health. It's just I'm just writing to him right now. We can't take this. <laughs> we right can't now. take this anymore. Do it we in can't. the break. We're going to take a quickie. Well, no, this is before the break. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm bereft. Start writing it now. Start no, I just I feel like I back. give me. I want two omelets on my face right now. <laughs> we are going to continue our stock summit tomorrow. The investment committee has more of their picks, so you won't miss those. John Najarian has unusual activity coming up today. We're back right after this. Welcome back. I'm Rahel Solomon, and here is our CNBC News update at this hour. We begin in Philadelphia, where at least 13 people have died in a house fire including seven children. Officials say that there were four smoke detectors in the building, although none worked. During an emotional press conference this morning, one senior fire official struggled to find the words. It was, a ter- it was terrible. Uh, most, uh, I've been around for 30, 35 years now, and this is probably one of the worst fires I've ever been to. And on the news tonight, team coverage of the fire and a look at other deadly house fires in Philadelphia. That's tonight at 7 Eastern. In Kazakhstan, meantime, thousands of protesters have taken to the streets and set fire to the presidential palace. The capital's airport has also been seized. The government has resigned in response. The demonstrations were sparked by a sharp rise in gas prices. And tennis star Novak Djokovic may not get to defend his Australian Open title. After all, Australia's prime minister says that Djokovic must give medical proof that he cannot be vaccinated against COVID or he will not be allowed to enter the country. Tournament officials had granted him a vaccine exemption yesterday. More halftime report after this.
Check the markets for you there. You see the Dow still holding positive. A little less than 100 points to the upside. 36,897. It is the Nasdaq, though, that's melting a little bit as interest rates continue to tick higher. Jim, 168 on the 10-year note, and the Nasdaq's down 200 points. Can you give me just a quick thought on that relationship before I go to you quickly on this new investment club? Sure. Well, it's actually moved. It, it's there's just the playbook of most big money managers to say, look, those at years aren't worth as much. Uh, things are much more uncertain. Uh, they'd rather have something, a bird in the hand versus two in the bush. And, and that, that's what's co- really ailing these stocks in terms of just being a revenue orientation. Mm-hmm. No, we need earnings. We need earnings. Yeah. Uh, there you see the 10-year note again, uh, moving in positive territory during the program, 168. Danaher. After yeah. you receive this email, we'll be buying 75 shares of Danaher, you told your committee members yep. today. Now, what we do, and people remember the club know this, uh, uh, and Stephanie, you work with me, of course, knows it from my previous employee, that what we do is we look for stocks that are a little bit out of favor that perhaps we can start buying. And Danaher was part of this growth trade, meaning sell growth, that has great earnings. And it sells at 30 times earnings. It has life, it's life science and diagnostic. Those are two unbelievable growth areas. And you very rarely ever see it down. So we decided to pull the trigger. Not seeing it down now. Seeing no. it move higher. By the way, Investing Club, the CNBC Investing Club, Jim Cramer, there's the QR code. Go there. Or you, you can go to the CNBC.com forward slash Investing Club. We always like to remind people of that. We'll take another quick break. We'll come back with John's Unusual Activity Trades. Unusual, Dr. J. What do we see today? Well, Scott, uh, we're seeing some unusual activity in an LNG play, Golar, which is G-L-N-G. Kind of makes it easy to figure out what they do, doesn't it? Um, That particular one, Scott, uh, the stock was $13 this morning. They were buying the March 15 calls, bought about 7,500 of those, paid about 75 cents for them, I think. Um, I like that one. I'm in it. Uh, That's nearly a three-month-out trade, so that gives me a lot of time to be right. The other one is Zendesk. Um, And if people have, you know, gone back and forth with uh, various chats, uh, automated chats and so forth, that's what Zendesk does. And this one, Scott, they're buying with the stock just beneath 100. They're buying the March 115. So they're projecting a lot of rally over the next three months. Both of these are March trades. These calls were trading for about $3.75. I am in both trades, Scott, but I'm buying lower strike calls in the case of ZEN, Zendesk. Doc, appreciate it very much. Another quick break. We'll come back and do final trades on the other side. I want to show you the markets again. I got the Dow uh, is uh, up one quarter of 1%. It's about a triple digit gain while the NASDAQ is down about 200 or so points. Now, keep your eye on rates, too. 168 is the yield on the 10-year note. Steve Leisman tweeting just moments ago, and this is something to keep an eye on as well. Got about an hour's time before we get the Fed minutes. He says now the probability of a March rate hike has hit 71 percent, which is, according to Steve, he believes the high for that contract, the two-year 
hitting its highest uh, level of the pandemic, 80 basis points. So keep your eyes there, about an hour away from Fed minutes. Jim, what do you got coming up on Matt tonight? Okay, one of my favorite technicians and stock historians is Larry Williams. He has a website, IReallyTrade.com. He had uh, the best call I've seen, which is he said there's going to be an amazing Christmas rally. And we're going to go back to him, go back to the well and see what he's thinking. Uh, he's legendary, and not just because he's a technician. He's a market historian that I love. Uh, 60 years he's been in the business. Not good bad. stuff. It's been so good having you with us today. Right. Super fun. So glad it was the Stock Summit and you were here. Thank you. Our new non-executive chairman of the Investment Committee, Jim Cramer. What's your final trade? All right, because of what's going on, I had to go back to NVIDIA. I mean, when I listened to, uh, when I listen to John talk about uh, Zscale, I say, okay, listen, NVIDIA, they made a presentation today. It was amazing. JP Morgan, it was Colette Crest, CFO. I love her. Mm-hmm. And then yesterday they made a presentation on gaming at CES. Look, if you think they're going to turn... NVIDIA is going to turn All right. big. Good stuff. Steph, quick, then Joe, then John. Cigna, it's a laggard in the HMO space. Intel, small position, tight stop. Starwood, STWD, 7% dividend yield. All right, good stuff, guys. Thanks wow. so much. Thanks for watching. Stock Summit continues tomorrow. The investment, I mean, the exchange begins right now. You've been listening to CNBC's Halftime Report, the podcast. You can always catch us live weekdays at 12 Eastern, only on CNBC. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.